Amen and amen. Well, today we start our four-part series called Connected. Everyone say connected. I don't know if we have it up there. A little bit of technical difficulties, but things are going well. But connected is something that really got put in my heart, um, and I really wanted to get some things going. Now, when you have the word connected, you can really go many different ways. I mean, there are so many different ways I can bring this, you know, teaching on connection and, and what connected really means. Uh, but we're going to narrow it down week by week. And today I really want to talk to you guys about what it means to be connected to the kingdom of God, connected to God's word through our identity, through, through just the church, the fellowship, but what it also means to be disconnected. You know, we all know we're supposed to stay connected with the church. We're, suppo- we're supposed to be the church. We are the church. But did you know that the enemy, according to John 10, 10, he's doing everything he can, and I'm paraphrasing it in modern time, he's, he's doing everything he can to disconnect us from all of that. I have a lamp at home, like probably you guys have lamps at home as well, too. I mean, that lamp can look awesome and pretty, but we need it most at night when it gets dark. But if it's not connected to the outlet and to the main source of our electricity, and I flip the switch on, if it's not connected and it's disconnected, we, it's not in use. Now, it's great. It looks awesome. It's cool. But reality is its purpose is not being at full capacity of uh, illuminating light in the room. And in a sense, we as believers are in the same position. You know, we can, we can call ourselves Christian. We can go to church every Sunday. But if we are not connected in our life with Christ and we're not walking and doing how he wants us to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are cool. We look great. But you don't radiate what God wants you to radiate. You don't illuminate. And he wants you to illuminate. You know, I'm going to a story now. I worked at a factory for four and a half years. And it was, and a lot of you guys know what factory I'm talking about because you were working with me during that time. But I remember going into that place and thinking, man, I feel like I'm the only one here that, that, that will be willing to talk to you about, I'll talk to you or talk about you. Help me, Lord. And I started feeling like people were just hiding their light, like in a closet, because, well, we have some responsibilities. Yes, that's important. Don't stop working. I get that. But do everything you can through example as well to illuminate that. And I remember I just really started saying, I'm just going to stay plugged into you. And when an opportunity arises, I'm just going to illuminate Jesus. And we ended up doing that. And I mean, just the story goes on four and a half years later, people coming to Christ, people declaring Jesus, people just, hey, I'm listening to some podcasts. You should check this guy out, Jesse. And I'm like, sweet, I'll check him out, you know. And the thing is, the illumination started happening. and It was contagious because I simply wanted to stay connected with God. I knew if I disconnected myself, none of that would have probably happened. It is so important, church, that we stay connected and not disconnected. You know, and I'm not talking necessarily about salvation. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a mission that we have here on earth. See, God's kingdom operates through connecting. You can't do it alone. You see, the enemy, what he does is he tries to uh, isolate you and pull you away. See, the number one thing that the enemy tries to do is make you feel like you're a failure. You failed. You messed this up. And we start kind of like, ah. And what he's doing with this accusation and this finger pointing is he's slowly drawing you back away from what God potentially had you doing to the point where now you're in isolation. Depression kicks in. You know, loneliness kicks in. I can't do this kick in. Thoughts that are not of God kick in. Because what the enemy's doing is he's pulling the plug. He's doing everything he can to just make you walk away from it. 
But here's the thing. When he comes at you and you stay connected, you can counter back at any time with the word and with truth. Now, I'm not justifying stuff that we face on earth. We face some hard stuff on earth. But the the main thing is this. We need to stay connected with the kingdom of God. We need to stay connected to our church body. We need to stay connected so we can continue to illuminate even when it's hard, even when it's really difficult. You know, connecting or connection, I mean, some examples, you think of a car, and for the entire car to operate Accordingly, you know, the moment you hit the gas, the moment you hit the brake, the moment you turn it on, shift the gears. I mean, even the windshield wipers, it's all connected with each other. There's connections that happen. One thing goes wrong. One thing goes wrong. And there's an issue with the car. You know, last, it was last summer. You know, I, I own a Honda Accord. And my car, I'm driving, and my car is doing this. This thing with the mile, the, the, the miles per hour gauge. And it's just, now, I'm driving normal. Don't get me wrong, but I, speedometer, thank you. I, I'm driving normal, and I'm like, all right, this is, this is all good, but what's going on? My car's going wacky. Now, the gas tank is going full, empty, full, empty. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, full, full, full. Like, no, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing that. But it was going full, empty, full. I mean, everything was just whacking out. It was so crazy. And then it just, do do and it died. It did that. I'm not lying. <laughs> and it ended up, it just ended up dying right there. And I'm in the middle of Granville. I'm like, oh, great. You know, and it's middle of winter. Oh, great. You know, oh, now you like, you, you like winter now? You know, that whole deal came to me. But as I'm there, I mean, you, you fast forward to the summer, the summer happens again. And it, and it dies. I mean, I can't figure out what the problem is. And I had a friend of mine look at it, and he's just going through the whole thing. And, and I'm going through the whole thing. We're trying new batteries. We're doing new things. People are telling me it's an alternator. I'm like, what is an alternator? Like, all this stuff is happening. People are diagnosing it left and right. And I went to my one friend, and he just said, oh, it's the ground wire. <laughs> well, if you know what I'm talking about, it's a wire that's like this big that connects to your battery. That just fried. And it was hidden behind the thing. But that one little wire caused all that issues. That one little wire. That was $7. It was $7. I was like, are you kidding me? I bought a $120 battery, and that's only $7 fix? Like, I'm betting a little bit. (laughs) But here's the deal. That one little disconnection caused an entire chaotic thing that I, I couldn't function well in the day. And I feel like a lot of times in the church, when we don't connect with the Spirit of God, when we don't connect with the church, when we don't connect with His Word, when we don't connect with the mission that God gives us, it's like, you think it's all good, and you know what, I'm not that important, but you are. You are that important. Marty and I used to always say, it bottlenecks when things don't go, when one person feels like, I'm inadequate, I can't do it. And we see the purpose. No, you can do it. You're connected, that's why. We're not looking at your ability, we're looking at this power of God in you. You can do it. But when they step back, we see a bottleneck effect happen or, or a disconnection. And, and what happens is things are not go- they're going, but we know they can go a lot better. It is so important, church, that we stay connected. Everyone say connected. You know, Jesus said this in John 15, verse 4 and 5. He says, abide in me. And I in you, 
As the branch cannot bear fruit for itself, of itself, unless it is abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Now check this out, church. With, for without me, you can do nothing. If we modernize what Jesus just said, Jesus literally just said, stay connected. Stay connected. Because when you disconnect or you allow the enemy to disconnect you from all these things, you are not going to, you're not going to do much. But you can go further and farther and beyond what you can measure, uh, possibly uh, imagine if you stay connected to me is what Jesus is saying. Connection is what operates. And not only that, when we connect with Jesus, he, he like paves this path for us that we get to follow. When we disconnect, it's like we're in the middle of the forest trying to find a path. You know, my kids, they have, at their school, they have this thing called Maker's Week. Okay, and I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about with Maker's Week, but it's, a, it's an entire week that every grade gets to build and do something, right? Whether it's build something with cards or make a game or whatever it is. And there's this one room that they absolutely love. And it's a, it's a way to build Ozobots. Everyone say Ozobots. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I am the only one here. Okay, here we go. Ozobots are these little tiny machine things that like a little cars that they are the moment you 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 build it there's a there's an electrical connection that happens and they start just kind of just moving around they just drive on its own but the cool thing about the Ozobots is the moment my son or my daughters they 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 draw a line on a piece of paper and that Ozobot lands on that line it follows the line wherever it goes it is it is bizarre i'm like looking at this thing and i'm like how is it doing that? And so they can do like a, a figure eight, and that Ozobot will follow that path. And then as soon as they stop, the Ozobot just kind of just does whatever. It just kind of spins around. It's loopy, you know, that whole deal. But the moment it finds a connection of how we drew a line, it follows the line. It's one of my kids' favorite, favorite classrooms to be in. Because they, it's like, Dad, we're doing it. We're, tomorrow I'm doing the Ozobots. And we've been doing it for about four or five years now. We're doing the Ozobots. And I said, that's pretty cool. And, and then when we'll go visit, he's like, check this out. And he'll draw a line and it connects. You know, I share that Ozobot story because we are the same with Christ. You know, you, you, again, you have your salvation. You are part of the, you're a citizen of heaven, okay? But on earth, there are things that we need to follow. And when we are not accord, connected according to the way God wants us to, it's kind of like where that Ozobot has no line drawn out for us. But again, when we're connected, we're on this path. And it may be this way and that way. And God's going to lead you best where he needs you to go. We need to stay connected and not allow the enemy to disconnect us. I really just want to share three areas in, on your life and in my life that the devil tries to disconnect us. Like I said today, this is really just talking about the difference between staying connected and disconnected. And here is one of the biggest areas, number one, that, that the devil tries to disconnect in our life for the kingdom of God. And the first one is this, confidence. Everyone say confidence. He's trying to disconnect your confidence that you have in God and in yourself. He's doing everything he can to make sure he does the opposite of confidence and make you just stop at your tracks so you can not do anything anymore. Do you know how we see ourselves determines how confident we are? I'll say that again. How we see ourselves determines how 
confident we are. Now, I'm going to say this even a, a step further. Not by what we see in the mirror, but how we see ourselves in God's eyes. I'll say that again. Not the way we see ourselves in the mirror, but how we see ourselves in God's eyes. Because let me tell you something. The moment we start seeing ourselves in the mirror, we find flaws. We find flaws and we start comparing ourselves. And that kills that confidence and that courage that God's building in us. But when we stay connected, everyone say connected, we start seeing through God's eyes and we see ourselves the way God sees us. And let me share this with you. God sees you brand new the moment you come to Jesus. He says you are made new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, who has Jesus here? Make some noise. Okay, let's talk about you now. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that excuse of, well, that's how I grew up and that's how I'm always going to be, that's a lie. Disconnection is what the, the, the enemy's trying to do. Well, you don't understand the hurt that I went through, so I'm always going to have this in me. That's a lie because the enemy's trying to disconnect you from the truth and your confidence in you. Am I speaking to somebody here? Disconnection is a main weapon that the enemy tries to use to stop us from doing God's work. Seasons come, seasons go, things change in life, but at the end of the day, the one thing that's eternal and should stay eternal is our connection with Jesus Christ. It should not be tampered. And the moment we notice the enemy trying to do something, we speak at him and say no in the name of Jesus Christ. Again, confidence isn't walking into a room comparing ourselves to others. What it is, it's walking into a room and not comparing ourselves to anyone at all because we know who we are in Christ. We know exactly who we are in Christ. Philippians 4, 13. I have this, again, I have this uh, translation Bible, which is pretty cool. One of the closest uh, things we have for original, original language uh, of the scriptures. And I love what it said here in Philippians 4, 13. It says, I am strong enough to face anything through Christ who gives me power. Power. Where does the power come from? From the connection that we have with God. That power in the Holy Spirit is us just being connected with God. And God says we are, when we think we're weak, we have the ability, if we're connected, we have the ability and the power to do it. Because you're connected, you're plugged in to me. And when we do that, we're grasping his strength and not ours, and we're walking with confidence. We're walking with confidence because of who he is and what he's doing. And again, the devil's trying to make you lose total focus of that. Because he knows he's lost and he, he's done with. But if you don't know that, and he can blind you to that, we miss out on some great stuff here on earth. Everyone say confidence. confidence. Number two. Number two is this. Identity. An area that the enemy is trying to disconnect us from is our identity in Christ. John 1.12 says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. 1 Corinthians 6.17, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. These are these, these uh, scriptures that Jesus is giving us talking about who we are in him. Did you know that you yourself, how you see yourself again, God sees you the way he sees Jesus is the way he sees you? 
The way he sees Jesus is the way he sees you. It is so easy to be labeled by people in this world that don't know God and make you feel like you're something that you're not. You see, how God, what God says is this. When you come to my son Jesus, when you accept him as Lord and he lives in you, how I see you is how I see Jesus. All we need to do is see ourselves that way as well, too. You know, our identity is not connected to our sin. <laughs> and I say that kindly because a lot of times in conversation, we identify us of, of what we used to do or how we used to be or what we're going through right now. Not giving a right for people to sin. We need to, we need to understand, we need to repent and stop. I'm not giving that right. But sometimes we walk in this defeated mindset because we feel like we're just stuck in this. I'm a failure. I keep doing this. And yeah, we, we definitely come out and we help. But let me tell you something. Failure is not a person. It's an event. You yourself are not a failure. You have to declare, declare your identity. I am redeemed and that I am still right before God. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, let's think about this for a second. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and they were walking with God and had fellowship, they were connected with God and sin came in and they fell to sin. They surrendered to sin, and they messed up in a sense. They messed up. The first thing that they did was disconnect their walk with God. They disconnected their walk, and the Bible says that they hid. They hid. But like a good father, he pursued and looked for them. Yeah, he questioned, and yeah, they had, an account, uh, they had to take an account for their actions. But let me tell you something. They automatically disconnected because their identity, they believed that moment their identity was their sin. And a lot of times we walk that way in life. We still identify us as, oh, we're, we have this sinful nature. Let me tell you something. We live in the flesh, and we do face a lot of things in life and temptations, but we are overcomers. The Bible says you are more than a conqueror, that you're not identified to that anymore. That habit, that addiction, that stuff, you don't have to have that right now, but put your identity connected to me, not to the sin anymore. Are you struggling somewhere? Anybody struggling? Oh, don't raise your hands, but are you struggling somewhere? Because if you're struggling, analyze yourself for a second. Am I, am I in that same cycle, that same struggle, because I keep just uh, disconnecting from God, connecting to that thing, and, man, this is hard, this is hard. I'll continue to walk things out, continue, use wisdom. But can you disconnect from that and reconnect with your God and say, you know what, even though it's hard to see it, God, I'm going to declare it by faith that I am not addicted to that anymore. I am not going to have that bad behavior anymore. I don't care how I rose up. I'm changing a family tree today. I'm changing a family tree today, and I'm turning. Th I'm the pivot of this whole entire thing because no more generational curse. It's going to be generational blessings from here on out. Generational blessings from here on out. It's, it's the attitude and the mindset and, the, and really the revelation of disconnecting from the sin and connecting to God and saying, I am a child. I am a co-heir of Christ. I also sit in the right hand of the Father. We know all this identity about Jesus, but we don't see that in us. We pity party too much. I spit it a lot. <laughs> pity party. <laughs> Your identity in Christ, the Bible just told us, is joint with one spirit in Christ. One spirit. One spirit in Christ. We don't, again, we don't need a reminder of our sinfulness. We need a reminder of his goodness in us, and that we identify to that because he is good, and we grow in that. 
And the last one I want to share with you is this. The another thing, the third thing that the enemy tries to disconnect you from and the purpose that God is really trying to do for you, I kind of gave it away, is the purpose you have on earth. Everyone say purpose. I'm make sure it's up there. Yeah, awesome. You see, Paul reminds the church in Ephesians about, about God and how he, how he made them. You know, Paul the apostle was just a phenomenal, phenomenal teacher. You know, he did everything he could to just continue to instruct, to encourage, and to grow these body of believers, to have them understand they have purpose here on earth. And this is what he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, for we are God's handiwork. Other translations will use the word masterpiece. But for we are God's handiwork or masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. Everyone say prepared in advance. He prepared it in advance for us to do. <laughs> for us to do. He just put purpose in you. He put purpose in this one little scripture. He says, I, I, I created some stuff and I put it in advance so you could go do it. Those times we're praying, God, do something. God's saying, I prepare, I made you for this cause. I made you for this reason in advance. No one knew it was going to happen. I give you everything you need if you stay connected. Now go do it. Go do it in my name. Go do it. Jesus, where are you at? Why? Can you just send one person or send that person to talk to these people and let them know they're heathens? Like, just let them know. And God's saying, I sent you. I sent you to share my love. I sent you to accept and start being their friend. I accepted you to, to share the, 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 the unconditional love of the Father. I want you to share my heart to them. I created all this stuff in advance so you could go do some stuff for my kingdom. That's purpose. That's purpose. But when we disconnect from that purpose in Christ and try to connect ourselves into other purposeful things that are good but not God, we miss the eternal aspect of what God is doing in our lives. I literally can sit up here for another hour. Well, I won't, but I can sit here for another hour of all the times that God did something impossible in my life. How in the world did he do it? It's God. I, I don't know. I've been questioned, how did that happen? I don't know. Math doesn't make sense. The, the, all of it doesn't make sense. But I think the biggest testimony I can have that God is a God of miracles, which I think there's a song about that out there, <laughs> is that when I said yes to Jesus, when I said, I repent of my ways, I repent the way I grew up, I repent from the people I hung out with, I repent, God, and I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. And I disconnected from that world influence. And that was hard. And I connected to God. I said, you take it. And then, like that, my journey began. I was made right before God with one decision, one decision, and one decision. He put a purpose in me and says, here you go. Now go and do what I called you to do. But it takes a lifetime 
to grow and to sanctify my habits. Yeah, I still had some bad habits in me, but God continued to work in me. And I, every time I failed or I fall, I felt like I had no purpose, but God, I was connected. And he kept saying, no, you still have purpose. You just got to come on, get up, keep going, keep going. Don't stop. You fell again, get back up. You still got purpose. It hasn't left you yet. Let's try again. Keep going. The connection with us in Christ shows us this. When we fall, you have every right and ability to get back up again. To get back up again. I read Ephesians uh, 2, 2.10, but I want to read Matthew 28, 19 and 20. And Jesus says this. Here's your purpose. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, verse 20, and teach them, teach them, teach them, teach them, teach them. He put a purpose in your hands. People believe because I have a pastor's title, I'm the only teacher that can be in this room. False. You are teachers of the gospel and of the good news. doesn't mean you have to know everything. It has to do all with who you know. And you teach them what God has taught you already. And you share good news of hope. Verse 20 says, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, Jesus says, to the very end of the age and the age has not ended he is still here today when that was written when that was written that same spirit is still here today with us and that is a promise everyone that calls on the name of Jesus which is you has this purpose to teach and to preach the good news of the gospel of the gospel I asked the Lord about this platform a while ago. It was a while ago. I don't even remember when it was. But I remember in a prayer time, I said, God, why did you call me to be here on this platform? And he had said, that platform is kind of praised a little too much. He says, you have been called to lead. That platform is just a piece of what you do. Just because you have a stage under your foot, lights on you, and a mic on your mouth, doesn't make you any better than anybody else that's in the middle of a line sharing my good news and when he told me that I just saw multiples of people multiples of people sharing the word of God church I implement and I charge you go and make disciples in the name of Jesus in your world in your in the factory jobs, in the office, at the at the hospitals, at the clinics, wherever you're at, go reach the lost. That is a purpose that God gives you. Isaiah 41:10, I'll close it with this scripture says this: Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You will not be alone when you go out there. And I believe a lot of times the enemy tries to make it a, a mirage or an illusion of, oh, you're just left alone, and you can't really do that. But reality is God is the one that's really holding you up. And when you felt like, I can't do it, he says, ah, it's not about feelings, it's about your faith. Do you trust me? Yes, God, I trust you. Then let's do the impossible. 
That is purpose in our life. That is staying dis or sorry, that is staying connected to the kingdom of God. You guys received something here today? Let's go ahead and close our eyes and let's pray. Father, I thank you for everything.